welcome to the RBL Podcast. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Rise by lifting, rise by lifting others. You rise, you rise, you rise, you rise, you rise. Hey, RBL community. Battles can come in many shapes and forms, and one of the most common battles we can sometimes face are the ones that happen within. So it's needless to say that many struggle with mental health issues for a variety of reasons. However, the good news is no matter how you got there, there's always hope in Jesus to overcome those battles and gain dominion in your mind. In our episode today, we will be hearing from my guest all the way from the Netherlands, who will be sharing how she gained victory in this area. So welcome, Daisy, to the RVL podcast. Yes, thank you. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm excited, actually. Yes. Good, good. (laughs) Glad you're excited. Okay, so let's just hop right in. So Daisy, please share with us your testimony of how you came to know Jesus. Yes. Uh, So my name is Daisy. I'm 23 years old. And um, I was actually raised uh, in this fellowship, born and raised in this fellowship. And um, my parents got sent out when I was around two years old. I also have a little sister. So we had a family of four. And um, yeah, so as a pastor's kid, a church kid, you know, all the stories you hear, Uh, a lot of sermons actually and you're raised with the gospel Mm. so um, as a kid I already knew about the existence of God I felt deep down no there is a God he exists and I uh, was very scared and I also thought uh, I always thought about dying oh maybe there's an heaven there also is a hell where am I gonna go Mm. so but yeah you know you're a Christian, but I, I didn't understand it because I I viewed God as a God of, uh, yeah, really like a religion. Like I have to do this. I have to do that. Mm. I have to earn my way to heaven. I have to earn God's love. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that uh, was how I viewed God. So because uh, my father's actually in a wheelchair, and uh, because we he got sent out a lot, we pioneered some churches. We had to move. And um, I remember uh, when I was around 12 years, 13 years old, something started to happen in my life. Like mm-hmm. um, I was always an overthinker. Uh, I always thought I looked at the sky and I was like, wow, how can this happen or how can that happen? I used to think a lot. So um, I went through some traumas that I, I, I can't mention them, but I went through some traumas, but I never talked about them. Like with no one, I just, I just tried to escape myself and the problems. I didn't want to think about them. So um, my escape was my friends at, at that age. I, I was never home. I always, I just escaped and I tried to forget everything. But then everything changed because around uh, I was 15 years old when we moved again, but we moved this time we moved far away to a small village and 
uh, and I knew no one there. Like the people were different. They talked with different accents and uh, I felt like a total outcast and my Mm -hmm. friends lived far away. So I had to start all over. And I, as a teenager, you're like so vulnerable. And uh, I was so mad. Like it, it felt like every everything just got stripped away from me mm-hmm. and uh, that's when it when everything started like the real inner battles like I got confronted with who I was with myself because um, I I couldn't there was no escape mm-hmm. and uh, things at home uh, yeah me and my mom we we didn't have a good relationship and things really got uh, yeah got hard and I struggled so then the the tantrum started like I I used to be I got very angry when whenever something happened that in my opinion were injustice and I started having panic attacks um uh, that led to uh, hyperventilation that I my whole body got uh, paralyzed and my mind just was so full of a lot of strongholds, a lot of lies about me. And I just started hating myself. And this all happened in one year. Mm, Like I had no friends. No, I had no one. I didn't talk to my parents. I didn't talk to people in church. I was in church, but I wasn't. Uh, So um, I started to have a real fear, a real fear of people so whenever I was in church I uh, would escape and would just go to uh, the restrooms because I didn't want to face anybody I didn't want to want people to know what was going on from the inside and uh, yeah that's when it escalated so the self-hate started I started really hating myself started to cut myself because I wanted wanted to escape me I wanted to escape my body I wanted to escape where I was because I didn't want to face what was inside of me Mm. and I tried God but I I didn't experience God I was like God are you there why is this happening I was I felt like I was a big disappointment to God a big disappointment to my family a big this that I was the cause of the problems that were happening around me because we're we were our family was going through a really hard time and I was like yeah it's all my problem it's me Mm. And uh, I just want, wanted to leave this world. And I, I, I w- actually, I wanted to give it all up. I really, I wanted to die. I was like, God is not happy. Nobody's happy with me. Why am I still here? Oh. Yeah. So when you come to this point, I, I really, I was in a depression. I was around mm. 16, 16 and a half, almost 17 years old. You're like, if you're willing to give it all up, then yeah there's nothing more to live for so then I I was thinking Daisy you can't continue living like this Mm. there has to change something or else it's it's just it's just done and I never took my life because I knew about the gospel yeah if you take your life then you will not go to heaven you will be lost and I knew that God exists I knew it so I went to a conference actually my first conference because I didn't like crowded places. I, I was so afraid of people judging me. And, but yeah, I went to my first conference and then there was this sermon about giving it all, giving 
everything to Christ, not just 1%, 60% or a little bit, no, just giving it all to Christ. And I was like, whoa, did I actually ever try that? And I was like, no, why? Yeah, I knew because I didn't, I wanted to control my own life, my mm. own emotions, my own future, my own. And I saw God as this mean God who was like, you have to do this, Stacey, or I'm, I'm going to judge you. People are going to judge you. I was always thinking of people, but never mm. about God. Always like people are going to view me like this and that. And so the sermon was saying and um, at the altar call, at the altar call, the pastor was saying, okay, if you want to give everything to Christ, not a little bit, everything, your whole life, and you can say, God, just do with my life whatever you want, come to the altar. And I, I came to the altar because I was mm. so broken, so devastated. Mm. And I was like, Daisy, if you're gonna, if you're willing to give it all up, just give it all up for Christ. And that's the decision I made at the altar. Mm. And I made that decision and I always explain, to, uh, explain it like this to people. Like you can't explain to a blind person what the color red or color blue looks like. But at that moment, I just felt like deep down the love of, I experienced the real love of Christ. Mm. That he, he, he died for my sins because I always felt so alone that nobody loved me. Nobody cared about me. Uh, a lot of people had abandoned me in my life of, or walked away or stabbed me in the back. But, but God, he gave his only son to, yeah, to die for my sins. And I knew at that moment, uh, God spoke to me, Daisy, I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for your life. And after that decision, it wasn't that it wasn't always easy or like, yeah, now everything's okay. And my inner battles are gone or mm-hmm. uh, I'm completely healed. No, but like you're, I, I wasn't alone anymore. And I felt yeah. like I was carried from that moment on and step by step, uh, I overcame a lot of battles. So mm-hmm. I hope, yeah, this, this is my testimony and I can tell you a lot of details, but yeah, yes. in short. Amen. Wow. Powerful. Okay. So first and foremost, like, um, let's just, I guess, like dive a little bit into like, Mm -hmm. what were some of those inner battles that you really endured during this time or during that time rather? Yeah. So, um, uh, inner battles, I feel like you have a couple, they always come in a group. Yeah. And, um, I used to, always struggle with the inner battle and with the thoughts like Daisy you're not good enough Mm. I always felt like I was never enough for anyone and for God I always felt like I have to do more I have to do this or or or, uh, yeah I that's that's when I uh, used to read my bible and I forgot it the next day or I didn't read or didn't feel like it yeah I'm not enough see Daisy Mm. you can do it you're a total failure so, uh, but also um, being the problem of everything around me, because as I was mentioning, we used to struggle a lot. And I was always like, they see you're the problem. Mm-hmm. And people are like that because of you. Or whenever my parents were fighting, they see you're the problem. Or uh, whenever my uh, sister actually was very sick and also uh, still is struggling with her health. And I was always like, they see 
why don't why aren't you sick you have to be sick uh, she so that she can be he- be healthy and another one is the fear of people or yeah wanting to be in to be a christian but failing so those mm. were some inner battles wow so you can see that there's like there were quite a few that yeah happening um like so what do you think really triggered these thoughts feelings and just like this pattern of thinking overall yeah so first of all I don't know about uh, uh, other people, but I'm I'm a real overthinker. Okay. So um, whenever I think something about me, I I they come with like a hundred thoughts. Like mm-hmm. I overthink. I couldn't sleep at that time, and I would just overthink, and I'm I'm a bad person or whatever. But also wrong words, like uh, when I was uh, little or people would just tell tell me things and um i i can't mention all the people but like like bad words of unbelief or just saying about me that weren't true but i i started to believe them oh yes mm. i'm not good enough oh yes uh, that person is better than me or whatever and i really started to believe them and when you don't deal with your problems and your emotions and those thoughts, they become mm-hmm. a part of you. Right. And, and one other thing that triggered it is being lonely. If you're alone and you don't have friends or just don't let anyone in, in your life. Yeah. The, that's what, what also triggered it. Mm. Feeling like, Oh, I'm alone. Yeah. Mm. It's because of me and not talking about it. Yeah. Do you think you kind of like would isolate yourself as well? Or do you think yes. because of like circumstances and moving and stuff is what made you kind of feel lonely? Yeah. Actually, I forgot to mention that in my testimony, but I really started isolating myself. Okay. Um, when I was depressed um, in a depression, I wouldn't leave the house. I would always mm. be up in my room. Uh, I um, would watch movies, series, just to escape myself and escape this world. And I never talked to anyone about my problems. And whenever I tried it, it, it didn't work or, but no, I, I would really isolate myself. Yes. Mm. Wow. So of course, I, I know that you kind of um, mentioned this earlier on that, you know, um, you're a pastor's kid basically. So did you ever feel as though you had to kind of like prove yourself, especially like, you know, being a pastor's kid? Yeah, that's a good question, actually, because I feel like every pastor's kid experienced it differently, Yeah, experienced it differently. So, um, but yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I feel like in church, I really pretended like mm-hmm. that I was a Christian and uh, that nothing was going on so whenever I tell people this they were like oh really mm. we didn't know so um but yeah the reason why I pretended was like because I felt like I had to prove myself I had to prove no I'm a Christian I'm doing good I was always doing it for my parents like no they're good mm. so they raise a good kid and she's doing well and she doesn't have inner battles she doesn't have mental health problems and uh, and also another thing like I got really compared uh, to my sister actually because okay. she was like this I 
like this happy person and just very down to earth. And I felt like I was a complex person, like a, a, a hard, a difficult teenager to do, to, to, yeah, to deal with. So mm. I always felt like I had to prove myself. No, I'm good. I can also be happy. I, so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of pressure then like to put on yourself as well. Yeah. I and I, I really made it worse in my own mind. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think if I would ask people that they would be more chill and relaxed about it. But I was like, oh, I have to prove myself. I have to do this. I made everything huge. Mm-hmm. And that's because I didn't talk about it. Right, yeah. right. So what, I guess, made you like not want to talk about it? Like made you like maybe decide like I'm not going to share with people or I'm not going to reach out. Like, what do you think? kind of led you into that path um I think because my parents were actually a big example like they were they were pastoring they were uh, just giving their whole life giving everything and uh, because I went through some stuff and through some some traumas that nobody knew about I felt like Mm -hmm. No, I, I can't. I can't talk about it. No one. No one can know, and no one will understand me. No one. Yeah. So I think that's something that, uh, yeah, just landed and stayed in my head, mm. and that's why I never talked about it. And also because I was like nobody. I was really ashamed of myself, okay. and ashamed of, of what what happened and what I've been through. And I was like, no, I just. I have to keep this a secret or, mm-hmm. or I'm just exaggerating. Uh, I'm the problem. Yeah. Wow. So that's, I think that's the, the answer to your question, but yeah. 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 Wow. So how did, I guess, like the battles within affect how do you, how you viewed God and others? So when you're really hard on yourself, yeah. Um, you also think, like people are the same in in the way of like they they're always judging me I Mm -hmm. always felt like okay um people uh they are judging me God is also yeah judging me and um I always felt like I had to earn others people's people people's love so Mm -hmm. I was a real people pleaser like Mm -hmm. I always try to please people and um yeah and I felt like I was a big disappointment especially to God like whenever God would look down at me I would feel like oh yeah I'm a disappointment to him yeah and I I felt like I didn't I don't deserve deserve his grace and I don't deserve his love because like I was like oh my sister or my parents or um those people in church because I had I didn't have any friends in church like Mm. oh they deserve it but I I don't deserve it wow wow it's crazy how the devil can lie the devil is a liar yeah (laughs) that's so true when I look back I'm like when I'm talk when I talk about this I'm like wow it's crazy because now I don't think like that anymore and that's why I'm like wow the devil he really is a liar so yeah wow well I'm praise God, you know, like that's yeah. now a thing of the past. So when did you realize you think that this was an issue in your life? And what was the breaking point really for you? I know, of course, you touched mm-hmm. a little bit on this in the beginning, but if you can go a little bit more in detail on that. 
Um, so when I was, I was uh, saved when I was 17 years old. Yes. And so then the small breakthrough happens. So mm. it, it went, it was like step by step, I overcame some inner battles. Right. But when I, when I look back, when I was 19 years old, so two years later, actually. Mm. And I know when, when you hear this, you're like, well, that's a long time, two years. But like some things, some scars are so deep. Like God just, I know God can take it away like this, but like <laughs> it was a process. Um, right. I remember going through a lot of stuff and uh, I actually, I, when I was seven, 18 years old, I uh, was in a relationship and when I, um, when I broke up with, with him, God really put a mirror in front of me mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, Daisy. And after that, I got such a breakthrough. Like I, I felt like, okay, God is enough. Like he, he had to really show me the things. Cause I, now I can talk about my testimony, but I always felt like I didn't have a testimony because mm. I couldn't see everything I was going through so God in two years he showed me like Daisy this is what is what what was going on this is what you had to overcome and so I think it it took about two years mm. and I, I still uh, uh, sometimes it, uh, I have to overcome some things in my life but like the big breakthrough it's it's when I was 19 yeah okay okay Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. And how would you describe, I guess, like what it was like to be in bondage to your own mind? Because I feel like there's a difference between like, you know, you're trapped somewhere, I don't know, like in a cage or something, you know, you can see it and, you know, figure out, okay, how am I going to get out? But I feel like when things are more of like an inner battle, this is Mm -hmm. you, you know, you can go somewhere. I know a lot of times like people say things like, okay, I'm just going to start life over somewhere else, you know, but the only issue with that is you're taking you with you, you know, and your mind is going along with you. So you're in bondage to your mind at this point. So Mm -hmm. what was that like for you basically? Yeah. So uh, the way that described it is is really true, and um, you feel I felt like a prisoner in my own body. Like mm. you really want every every day when I was struggling with those inner battles and uh, with my my mind problems, I wanted to get rid of them. It's right. not that I I wanted to be like this. Like I wanted to think like this every time I was like, no, I, I, I don't want this anymore. I, I wanted to get out, but you can't because without God, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it mm-hmm. without God. And I, I, every day I was like, okay, now I'm going to try it. And now I will get out, but I, I, I just couldn't. So you feel like you're a prisoner in your own body and you want to escape. You want to, that's, that's why I was trying to cut myself. I wanted to escape my own body, but you can't because you're in your own body. So everywhere you go, you take yourself, like you explained, you take yourself uh, with you everywhere. So you mm. feel like a prisoner. Right, right. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about like, so that when the cutting, 
part, yeah. right? So, because I you hear this a lot, you know, mm. especially when people are dealing with like um, mental health issues. What do you think served the purpose of that um, action in those moments, do you think? So I believe, or I think, um, like you're in so much, you're in so much pain. Yeah. And um, whenever I would feel in, unjust or or like uh like yeah like the feeling that you want to escape yourself like you you're not in control i think that's that's the problem you Mm. you lose you lose control so whenever you you cut yourself that's one thing you you control like Mm. and you feel that pain because you want to escape your own pain you want to escape uh, the pain you feel like that you're losing control and so when you cut yourself it's it's only you and the pain there's nothing okay. else so okay. I think yeah that, that's what it was for me yeah. but I don't know about other people but I think yeah. that's uh, that's one thing yeah wow so almost like a distraction yeah a it, yes from... wow yes, it's, it's a dis- distraction yeah Okay, so what do you think were some practical steps you applied that helped you gain dominion, basically? Um, yeah, so first of all, being honest with myself. Mm. Like, like you, you feel very fragile, but you, you need to trust God. Like when you, so when I, I got saved, I, I really had to learn to trust God. Because I was always like, no, God doesn't want me. He doesn't want the best things for me. But yeah, when you when you give your life to Jesus, and I was like, I I gave my whole life into His hands. So mm. um, I had to trust God and be honest with myself. And uh, one also a practical tip is have a good Christian friend. Mm. Like you need. You need people in your life. God gave me, I prayed about it and God gave me a best friend. And it was almost like, it was a a supernatural friendship. Like when looking back, God God gave that to me. And then I knew God is real. God wants me to get out of this. And she really helped me through it. And uh, also prayer. I know it's it's a simple, simple thing, but when you pray, not only pray, but listen, listen to mm. God. Sometimes we pray a lot. We pray, we pray. But when in those quiet moments, God, God really wants to give you peace and he wants to give you comfort and he wants to just tell you things. And um, also what really helped me is memorize some scripture scriptures. Mm. So whenever the devil would lie to me, mm. I would memorize those scriptures and it would be like, no devil the devil uh, uh god in the bible he had says this and this and this and this mm. like uh, he promises this and this and this and then the devil would just run and just flee out of my head and i would have this dominion so whenever mm. you memorize his word the devil can tell you otherwise because you know the word god's word so that's mm-hmm. yeah that's a, a real practical tip Amen. So speaking of scriptures, like um, what were some examples of scriptures that encouraged you during these times, would you say? So um, I, I would memorize three, three scriptures, but my most favorite uh, scripture is, 
is uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people know the scripture. Mm-hmm. And I would yell it, yell it to the devil, yell it in my prayers or whenever... Uh, a stronghold would come back or an inner battle or whatever or lies I would Mm -hmm. just scream like okay trust in the Lord with all your heart Um, do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take Mm -hmm. so that's that's my favorite scripture of all time but also Proverbs 29 verse 25 it's about um, don't be afraid of people don't mm-hmm. be scared of people because I was struggling with that. And I would also, uh, yeah, repeat that that scripture and Philippians 4 verses 4 to, to 7 about finding your joy in the Lord because I was mm-hmm. struggling with that. And then I would just, when I would repeat that, uh, uh, yeah, that scripture, I would just laugh. I would like, yeah, God is so good. And I could just smile. And after my uh, morning prayers, I would start my day with a smile. So yeah, mm-hmm. that helped me in my uh, dominion. Yeah. Wow, I love that. And just for the record, guys, she's smiling so much. Oh. Right <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, like, did you ever have a moment where you believed things wouldn't change? And if so, how did you overcome this moment? Because I know that you mentioned before, this wasn't something that was instantaneous. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't come to Christ and then, boom, you know, everything was just gone right away. Like you mentioned before, it was a process. And for you, it took about two years, right, before you Mm -hmm. finally gained that dominion. And I think sometimes, like, you know, we do almost expect God to, like, you know, just get rid of everything. And yeah, fair, there are some things that are gone instantaneously. But then there are other things that, like you said, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So sometimes in those processes, people can get discouraged, you know, and might start, you know, to give up or not fight as hard. So did you ever have those kind of moments? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And um, I still, if I'm being honest, I still think I struggle with that from time to time. Like, okay, God, Am I going to overcome this? But then I think it's really important to remind yourself of the things God has done, the things Mm. Jesus Christ died for. And um, you have those uh, those reference points like, Mm. oh, he'll do it again. He did it once. Now he's going to do it again. So Mm. whenever I think, okay, I'm not going to overcome this, um, I'm like, no therefore you're a liar because I he did it once he'll do it again Mm -hmm. and um, I also think it's really important to have this like spiritual covering like going to headship so whenever I would be like I would really be like and I start to believe I'm not going to overcome this I would I would talk with with my pastor or just um go listen to the sermons and they preach about it all the time like god has a plan god knows what's best for you god you will overcome this and uh, i you have to regain your focus because when you start to think like okay i'm not gonna overcome this you're gonna i would always think about me i am not gonna overcome this Mm. i i i but no it's not about me it's Mm. about jesus so i i regained my focus and I was like, no, Daisy, look at the cross. Jesus Christ paid the price. He already conquered that, conquered the devil. He slayed the devil. So why 
are you not over gonna overcome this problem mm. and then I would be like okay just look at the cross and we're gonna go on what do you think is one thing you've learned about God throughout this whole journey okay I've learned a lot about God but like one one thing in particular is um that we try to understand God and his ways but we can't because God is such a great awesome big God we like we we can't even imagine because I always would think like no God is gonna provide in this way God's gonna fix it like this he's gonna do this mm -hmm. he's gonna do do that but God always outdoes himself he mm -hmm. yeah his ways are bigger he's so miraculous he, ha he has miraculous ways so that's something I learned like I always thought, no, God is like this or like that, but no, God isn't. <laughs> like he, he, he has so much bigger and great things for us or things we could never expect. So I think, and his love, his love is so, so, mm. so great and so reckless. And so, yeah. Mm. So I think those, yeah, two things yes. I really learned about him. Yeah. Amen. And how have you also, or I should say, what have you also learned about yourself and even about others during this period? So what I learned about myself is, is that I'm a child of God. Like mm -hmm. um, I'm good enough because whenever I was always looking and searching for a purpose, like, why am I here? I, I didn't feel like I had a purpose, didn't feel like I, I had value. And I, God really told me, Daisy, you're good enough. I have a purpose for you and mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're enough. And uh, because I, I was, I used to be in an identity crisis and I really, I, I found my identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And whenever you, you find your identity in Christ, you're, you're not insecure anymore. Because yeah. you feel like you're good enough. Like if if God is for you, then who can be against you? Nice. So my I got completely healed uh, uh, about my fear of people. Like um, like I, I I couldn't talk to people when I was six, sixteen years old, and now I I was I'm singing on stage. I'm in a band. I'm yeah. I'm going on the streets talking talk about Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I, I perform uh, songs, worship songs, also for a lot of people. And I I could never do that if I hadn't I hadn't found my identity in Christ. Yeah. So, and now because I knew the love of Christ, I can also love myself. Yeah. And whenever you you love yourself, you can also love others. Right. And you just, it's like a blindness is, is taking off. Like you're, you look at people in the way uh, God is viewing people. Mm -hmm. So now I look at people like, wow, this person is going through this. Maybe I can help them or pray for them. Or maybe this person is judging me, but yeah, you don't know what that person is going through. Maybe they're struggling with self-love and that's why they feel like they have to judge you. So like you really you have this, 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 this love of God that's mm -hmm. flowing inside of you. And now you can also give it to others, but also give it to yourself. You, mm -hmm. you can really love yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. So 
you mentioned quite a couple of times about like identity in Christ. Mm. What does that mean really to find your identity in Christ? Would you say? Finding your identity in Christ is, um, it starts with when I gave my whole life to Jesus, to, to Christ, then mm. you, then you're actually saying, okay, God, it's no, it's actually in Galatians 2 verses 20. Like it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ mm. who lives in me. Man. So Christ, when I, when Christ started to live in me, I, I no longer started to live my own life or my own, or the own things I thought were good or are the thing or the things I, I thought I wanted, but no, I started to live God's purpose for my life. Mm. And it, it didn't matter what other people thought of me or were like, Daisy, you have to do this with your life or Daisy, you have to do this. No, I knew what God wanted for, for me and mm. from me. And he gave me such a purpose. And I think when you really accept the fact that you're a child of God, you're adopted and that this is just a small this, your time on earth is just a really small small part of whole eternity like yeah you're you're just you're just enough and that's i think whenever you you're at peace with it like it's no longer i live with christ who lives in me that's where your identity is and mm-hmm. that's he is your purpose and he has a purpose for your life and that makes also makes life exciting like right. okay, where what's what's up next, God? Where do you mm-hmm. where are you gonna take me now? Uh, am I gonna do this or am I gonna do that? Life life just starts to get exciting because mm-hmm. it's no longer you who lives, but God lives in you. Jesus mm-hmm. lives in you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So as we bring this to mm-hmm. a close, how would you encourage someone who is currently dealing with inner battles, whether you know, like you, they grew up in church um, or came into church, or if they have yet to even come to Christ in the first place, how would you encourage them? Yeah. So the first, first thing that comes into my mind is like, you are not alone. If the devil, it's really the devil telling you that you're alone. You're the only Mm -hmm. one struggling, the only one with inner battles or your inner battles. There are so many other people who are also struggling and you're not crazy because you Mm -hmm. feel like you're crazy or like, yeah, but that's really the devil telling you this. It's not, it's not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, um, you really have to believe that God still loves you. Whatever you've been through, whatever you've done wrong, God is not disappointed in you. He loves you and he's He's standing there with open arms waiting for you to just run back to him. And he, he can help you and um, just surrender. Because whenever... because. Mm-hmm. It's already in the word, in the word, like inner battle. It's a battle and you're fighting the battle on your own. So you're fighting, you're fighting and it's breaking you, breaking you up because you're fighting it. But as I mentioned before, like whenever you pray to praise, to let go and let God take over. Mm. So when you pray, you surrender and you're like, God, please fight this battle for me. Mm. He's going to carry you and you're going to feel such an inner peace and like, such a rest and a peace like a god is is gonna carry you you don't have to fight the battles on your own and also talk about it 
you mm. have to find someone in your in, if you don't have someone in your life if you pray god please send send me someone god will because god loves you he sees you in your dark places he sees you all alone in your room crying crying out for help and god will send you someone in a miraculous way and that's what god also did for me so yeah talk about it and mm -hmm. this person will not find you crazy because it's a person from god and maybe that person has also gone through some inner battles so mm -hmm. yeah i think those are some uh, things that can help people with inner battles I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Daisy, for coming on here and sharing. Thank you, guys. Story. Yeah, of yes. course. So it's been a pleasure. And I hope you guys have definitely taken lots from this. I know it's definitely been encouraging. Um, so until next time, RBL community, stay encouraged. Mm -hmm.